Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Welcome to The Process on Headliner Radio. Uh, today I'm speaking to producer and mix engineer Dom Morley. Welcome to the show, Dom. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good. Oh, no, it's a pleasure, man. It's um, great to be chatting to you today on this uh, this sunny Friday, mm. which is, uh, yeah. Uh, how are, uh, where are you joining us from, man? Uh, so I'm in my studio, which is um, a little kind of detached brick outbuilding behind a, a, a massive kind of old house, uh, which is in Oxfordshire. So it's like middle of nowhere, <laughs> a proper hobbit country around here. Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, quite nice. Very green. And on a sunny day like today as well, actually, it's really nice to be in somewhere, you know, green and, and open. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds lovely. Sounds really nice. Are you um are you busy working on projects today? Have you been, have you been quite busy recently? Yeah, I've got I've got one of those days where I've got like sixteen different things to do today. <laughs> so I've got some new tracks that are arriving. I'm doing a couple of mixes for some uh, a guy in America uh, next week. So he's sending me the stuff over today at any point. Um, and then I've got I'm actually got doing another podcast later on today Oh, nice! and I've got a couple of things for, I've got a, a, a thing I do called the mixed consultancy. I've got a couple of things for that to mm. do. And you know, this is a, one of those days, but it's quite nice. It keeps you kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you mentioned the mixed consultancy, which we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a moment, mate. But before we do, mm-hmm. um, if you don't mind, uh, just for our listeners, um, what's your sort of musical background Dom, um, when did you first start engineering, producing all that kind of stuff and, and working out the studio? Uh, right, well, um, so I started in the late 90s. Um, I managed to, to wangle a job in a studio in Birmingham um, that okay. was owned by UB40. Um, okay. So I worked there for a couple of years, a couple of their albums and with a bunch of other people, you know, as an assistant and doing a little bit of engineering. And then I went down to London, managed to get a job uh, eventually after a bit of sort of freelance assisting, got a job at uh, Metropolis in Chiswick in West London, um, which is, you know, a big sort of one of those big posh studios. Um, And I worked there for about seven years, I think, as, you know, started as lowly assistant doing all the 24 hour Mm. sessions Mm. um, and worked my way up to being, uh, you know, in-house engineer. Um, I was Mark Ronson's kind of UK engineer for about three years oh, wow, um, yeah. during that kind of later period. And, and as I went freelance, uh, which meant I worked on his second solo album, which is version, the covers one, which included Valerie, mm-hmm. um, as well as the Amy Winehouse Back to Black album, um, track for Dell, all sorts of things like that. Um, and then Amazing. I won a Grammy for the, um, for the Amy Winehouse record. And then freelance, I, I worked out in Metropolis, rented a room, from Metropolis for a few years, and then about I think six years ago, maybe seven, something like that. I, I I moved out here and got this place out in the Oxfordshire countryside. So out here, I do um, you know mostly I'm mixing. Um, I do a little bit of kind of production, and then I have other sort of fingers in pies with things like uh, the mix consultancy. Yeah, and I'm also professor of uh, music production at Leeds Conservatoire yes. as well. So I do that too. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, like you say fingers in in multiple pies which is which is good and i suppose never a dull moment it's well exactly yeah Yeah. i've got this sort of principle it's something i I thought about about i think it's about five years ago where i'd read about this portfolio career idea and i thought that's a really good idea for for a fickle industry like ours to have a few Mm. sort of few plates spinning um so that you can 
you know, as you know, one thing might might go a bit quiet for a while, and then you can lean into another thing, and you kind of lean around the different plates that you spin, and just generally keep a sort of consistent mm-hmm. workflow and income going. And it and you know, it took a, a year or two to get that properly up and running, but um, but it has kind of worked since actually. It's been it's it's been good, and also that kicked in quite well in the pandemic when yes. things like going into a band with a studio kind of <laughs> died for quite a while yeah um but it was fine because i was able to lean into other things and just and just keep chugging on really so yeah that's um that's it was a deliberate kind of attempt to have fingers in pies and plates yes. spinning yeah and so what was it that initially made you kind of make the jump so to speak from from metropolis was it a case of you know i've had a good run and that is a very good run obviously the, the amy winehouse and yeah. Ronson records was it a case of oh okay i've done that um, I'm just going to sort of uh, go it alone now. Yeah, I think the thing is, when you work for, particularly for big studios like like those, um, you leave as soon as you can, and it's not no, you know, no diss on them, mm. but it is very much a lifestyle choice working one of those studios. Because, yes, yes. like for example, the way it used to work when I was there, every Friday afternoon about five o'clock, they'd do they'd write up what was the board for the next week, where each studio was on a you know written on a whiteboard, and they'd decide who was working who was assisting in what rooms, who got the engineering gigs and stuff. Um, and that would include Saturday and Sunday, the following the weekend that was, Gosh. you know, about to yeah. arrive. So you wouldn't know until five o'clock on Friday, whether any of your plans that you had for the weekend or the following week or something would all be canceled because you were on some gig or other. Mm-hmm. So that sort of living like that for years, you kind of get a bit tired of the loss of um, agency in your life. Yes, yes. Let's call it that. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I was getting a reasonable amount of work through, um, you know, through Mark and, and, and a bunch of other people really. And, and um, Metropolis at the time offered to manage me as a, as a freelance engineer. So I thought, well, then some of those gigs that I was just getting that were coming randomly through the door at Metropolis might still come. And, and they did. And that yeah, sort of, yeah tied me over for the first year so it was yeah it wasn't necessarily a this has happened and that means i'm going it's more i think there's enough yeah something going on at the moment i can actually (laughs) leave i can stop doing the assisting yes yeah fair enough do you ever go back to metropolis these days uh dom Um, i don't really um I, I get mastering done there. Um, there's a guy okay. called Mike Hillier there that I, uh, you know, I've sure. known him yeah, for yeah. a few years and he does, um, he's one of the sort of mastering guys that I use. Um, but I don't particularly go back. I've sort of, cause I do so much in my own room, yes. so much I can yes. do. I tend to only leave my room if I want to do something that requires a big room like a drums. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm quite a big fan of API and Neve desks for that. Um, so I tend to to end up in rooms that have APIs or Neves, okay. which um, Metropolis doesn't have those kind of old old school desks. So um, mm-hmm. it's more sort of rack or somewhere like that I'll go to. Sure. Oh, okay. Okay. What was yeah. your sort of favourite gig from that time then, Dom? Because, I mean, you mentioned some some big names there, obviously, um, which I'm sure a lot of Alice is uh, uh, familiar with. Um, but have you got a... Is there a you know particularly memorable time? Uh, <laughs> well, there was loads of great ones. You know, I count myself very fortunate. Obviously, working in a studio like that, you end up with mm-hmm. quite a lot of um, you know the good and the great from the industry. Like you know, I, I assisted on a Phil Spector session, which is pretty insane. Yeah, amazing. And engineered for Tony Visconti, which was great because you know T Rex was oh, wow. a big band for me as a kid. But I tell you what, there was one that came up again recently, which is quite mad, and it was just one day, and I was on this. Um, I was doing a lot of assisting on this Scott Walker session for yes. one of his later albums. Um, and 
He, I don't know if you know his latest stuff. He, he got quite avant-garde as he sort of moved on his, in his career. And it was a percussion session. And I knew because he was the sounds that we were getting, it wasn't just going to be some congas and a shaker. It was going to be unusual. Um, and it ended up with the first instrument that was played was a, a sort of six foot by six foot by six foot wooden like plywood cube um, open at the bottom that was being hit at the top with a series of different sorts of rock, um, like bricks mad. and breeze blocks and stones um, that we were miking up that. And then, and then a few other things like that. And it ended with a side of pork that was being punched <laughs> that we miked up. And what was, I mean, it was obviously, it was insane, but loads of fun, you know, it was quite mad. Yeah. Um, but there was a documentary being made at the time um, of what we were up to. And, and a lot of people I think have seen that and that comes up quite a lot. I see that quite a lot in discussions about the, the meat punching Scott Walker yes, session. Yes. So it's quite <laughs> cool to have been on that, you know, been the guy that was in the room while Almost the meat iconic. was being punched. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of taking Foley recording to like the next level, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so. sort of that. Yeah. Yeah. Using Foley as the, yeah, a kind of as an instrument within his album. That's yeah. Brilliant. It's quite mad. Yeah. No, that's, 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 Great to be, to have been involved in something like that. You certainly won't be uh, forgetting that in a hurry. No. Um, yeah. No. So when did you start the mix consultancy, Dom? And um, obviously, you said you moved. You know, about six, seven years ago, you moved um, to where you are now. Um, yeah. Is that, is that when you started the business? It was a bit later than that, actually. Um, it was. Uh, it was. I think it was about five years ago, and it came about. I. Um, I'd had this sort of urge to get into education for a while, just to kind of. It was partly from moving out. Actually, it was going into my, you know, going freelance, and then and then going into ever smaller environments. Mm-hmm. So first of all, it was like within a room in Metropolis, and then it's out here on my own. And I, I really appreciate. You know, I was very lucky with um, the people I worked in when I was in Birmingham in UB40 studio, the people that work there and also the people I work with at Metropolis that I work with very good and very generous engineers and producers from mm. whom I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that as the industry goes to where it is now, where most people are working within their own rooms predominantly, a lot of the people that are starting out in the industry and, and trying to learn and not getting that exposure to people that have been doing it for 20 years longer, you know, and just happened to have picked up a lot along the way. So I wanted to work in education a bit um, and then that's when this Leeds Conservatoire gig came up, which was um, tutoring the masters. So, so I thought it's just it's very part time. It's like a day a week um, in term time. Um, so I thought, well, there's there's a good. I'd, I'd had my eye on Leeds for a while. I really like what they were doing yeah, yeah. Um, as as a as a sort of education establishment. Um, so I applied for that and got that gig. So that was quite cool. And then and then the the mixed consultancy came out a bit from that of thinking being able to expend, extend a small element of that sort of education mm. to people that can't afford for money or time reasons to go into full-time education. Sure, you know, okay. I'd recommend you do that if you can, because there's so much you can learn from being in it full-time and immersing yourself in it. But if that's not on the cards, you can send a mix to me. I'll give you all the feedback I can on it, on where I think it can be improved, um, and then send you a big PDF full of that information and that that's you know that that gives you access to what I appreciated when I was younger which was um you know I I did that myself I was uh you know if I was particularly had a really good relationship with an engineer um I in a quiet period when you know artist has gone home and you're sort of chilling out I'd say is it all right if I play 30 seconds of a mix and you tell me three things you've changed? And we go through some notes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're just, you know, it really is 30 seconds to go, oh, you know, something about the bass frequency, something about that, you know, change that, 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 and that. And and not only would my mix be better, but I would 
I would know what to hear that I hadn't heard, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, you learn. You know yeah. they've heard things in the mix I didn't notice. And then when I've changed them, they're better. And like, all oh, right, I need to keep an eye on that in the future because that's something yeah, I hadn't yeah. noticed and I should be noticing. So mm. it's sort of extending that to, you know, to everyone really, anyone that wants to, wants to use the service. So that was kind of the idea behind it. So it came, it wasn't as soon as I moved out, but it came a little bit from that kind of mindset of now I'm really not passing on any knowledge to anybody, yeah. which feels kind of selfish because I know I benefited massively from having got that, yes. you know, when I was learning. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've spoke to a lot of, of guys and girls in the industry have said, you know, they didn't have access to that back when they were doing that stuff. I mean, you know, luckily you, you were working in an environment where you could um, talk, mm. to, talk to your peers and stuff, but, you know, a, a lot of people don't have that as well. And I think now nowadays in like the age of YouTube and all the rest of it, it's almost like it's so easy to pass on knowledge. Um, it almost yeah. seems criminal not to. Um, yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean? Like when you're, when you're so established and, and all the rest of it, but, um, yeah, so it sounds like it sort of came hand in hand then the, you know, the mixed consultancy and, and, um, the working at the uni of Leeds. Um, are you yeah. still doing that now, Dom, working at the, at the uni? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm still, um, uh, the, the tutor for the masters in music production at nice. Leeds, uh, is nice. it Leeds Conservatoire actually, not Leeds, Leeds uni, Conservatoire, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I want to talk a bit about your studio as well, Dom. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're there at the moment, aren't you? Is that, I, I mean, am. It makes it a little bit easier seeing being in the room. I can look around. Yeah, if exactly. you ask me any questions um, about something I've forgotten. I yeah. Around. What sort of, um, just curious to know what sort of setup you're, you're running at the moment. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm running Pro Tools and I've got a Dangerous 2 Bus Plus as my summy mixer. Mm. Um, and then the dangerous monitor ST, that's kind of the, the thing that I'm, I'm, you know, mostly using cause that's what is going through to the speakers. Yeah. And then, um, I've got quite a lot of outboard. I, I do quite enjoy the mixture of, um, you know, the in the box and, and the yes, outboard stuff. Was, so I've got quite yeah. a lot of, uh, outboard gear that I run a lot, a lot of compressors, a few EQs. Okay. Um, so I kind of run a hybrid setup like that. Basically I've got, you know, Pro Tools is doing the, the the bulk of the work and i've got a little uh avid s1 that i'm using for faders and stuff okay. but then i do a lot of processing out of the box because i just uh, i enjoy the sound of that so yeah 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 it's it's quite nice to have that um hybrid setup it's and you be quite flexible sometimes with, mm. with that kind of setup yeah right? um yeah i know there's some people that have abandoned it entirely but uh, and just gone entirely in the box yeah, yeah um but it's just not something i i I, to be honest, I want to do. I, I don't really have any desire for that. I realise that that's even more flexible and portable and all those things. But you know, to my ears, and it may just be me, and I may be wrong, but I think it sounds better when it's gone through some some actual yeah, physical board. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough, fair enough, man. Um, and if we talk about um, when we're talking about the digital realm, um, obviously we mm-hmm. we spoke off the call briefly. Um, a minute ago about uh oak sound plugins um mm. and i'm sure you're using a, a bunch of different plugins on a daily basis um course, some that yeah, you yeah. love some that you hate um <laughs> well hopefully not some that you hate because you wouldn't be using them but um yeah uh i mean soothe is one that soothe 2 specifically is one that's that's really kind of blown up over the last few years um and become ridiculously popular in in you know production and, and engineering circles it's something that you've been using um yeah i understand yeah. when was when was the first time you sort of become familiarized with 
with Oak Sound and Sooth. I don't know, actually. It was it was before Sooth, too. It was when it was just Sooth. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. OG Sooth. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and and you know what? I think rightfully so in terms of it blowing up because it, it does, it's one of those things that um, on the surface is one of the things that I love in that you just, you put it on and it does one thing really, really well. You don't have to mess with it. It's like, I've got a big reverb here, which is the EMT, um, was it 244? And it's just got one knob on it. It's like, do you want it longer or shorter? And it yeah, just, it yeah. sounds great. That's one thing beautifully. So you can, with Soothe 2, you can just, if you've got a slightly harsh sounding uh, you know, guitar or drum overheads or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you, you it sounds a bit harsh. You can stick it on, you can turn one knob up or down and it gets better. Yes. And and that just is a joy for me that, that you, you've got a, something that is designed so it can do one job really, really well. Yeah. Um, and, and also like if you want to DS a vocal or something like that, it does it beautifully. It's, you know, it's really transparent. You're not sort of affecting it in a negative way and it just does the job. But then of course, if you want, it's deep, you know, you can get really yeah, into, yeah. there's a whole load of controls on there that you don't have to touch and it sounds great. Or you can go a bit deeper into it and you can get into, you know, a bit more of the mid and side if you want, or, you know, the different uh, hard and soft, all those different controls you've got if, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's cool. But, you know, I, I love it because they've obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know the guys, but I'm assuming they've, started out with the approach of we want to make this really easy for people to use mm, mm. that you literally just launch it, put it on a channel and then you've got one knob that does, you know, that, that makes you happy, you know, that does the thing that you want. Yeah. But then they're also obviously clever guys. There's an enormous amount of control and functionality that's in there and that you can dive into if you want, if you want to get deep on it. So yeah, I'm a big fan of, of I mean, there aren't many, I, I don't know what, I don't know where its competition is, to be honest. I mean, you know, there's, it's the dynamic EQ. In effect, there are other dynamic EQs. Mm. But every other one that I've used, you know, it takes longer to get to where Soothe is when you turn it on. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So it's just that sort of, don't have to think about it. There's no kind of, you know, you don't have to get your, your graph paper out and work out a chart on it. It's just... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn it on, turn it up. Sounds great. Thanks. Move on. Carry on mixing. I think that's um, it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I that's the, it. really good. I think that's the the beauty of it is in the is the simplicity of the of the tool itself. Um, but like mm. you say, you can dive into it a little bit more. Maybe drive it. Do a few, you know, experimental yeah. things with it. Um, at the same time, do you find yourself reaching for it quite a lot on a on a mix session, uh, Dom? Like, do you put it on? vocals or uh, like you said, yeah i mean it's or... actually it's become a favorite uh de um so obviously it's on vocals quite a lot yeah um yeah, yeah. but you know during a mix there'll be half a dozen things that are you know i'll sit there and go oh, that's a bit sounding a bit hard let's see what sooth 2 does whack it on yeah. and and then it's better so you know i i do you know it will be on every mix several times so yeah, yeah definitely definitely awesome awesome um now what have you got in the pipeline dom uh, this year, I mean, I mean, there's probably some things that you maybe can't talk about for whatever reason. Some some little secret projects uh, that might be yeah, there are. Under, um, under the surface, I don't know so. what I am allowed to talk about. I, I always <laughs> assume I can't until I've done it. Um, but basically, you know, I've got um, I've got quite a lot of mixing coming up, um, and I've got a production. I've got yeah, I've got three songs to do in the next couple of weeks. Plus, then I start an album for. There's a guy I've worked with quite a lot called um Ibrahim Malouf who's a, a French uh, jazz trumpeter who's just amazing okay. um and I think I've mixed four albums for him and now he's producing an album um and and so I'm mixing that 
next month, which would be very exciting because his stuff always sounds just absolutely killer. Um, and then uh, I've got a few sort of pop things that are a bit more, I guess, in that kind of Adele, Amy sort of area, yeah, yeah. Uh, which obviously I get quite a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then I have uh, uh, an American client that that is also all NDA'd up to the eyeballs, so I can't yeah. really talk about. <laughs> uh, so this bit of the conversation is very interesting because I haven't got much no, to no. say on. Uh, lo- yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming in. I just don't know what I'm allowed to say, what yeah. I'm not. So uh, no, I err on the side of caution, be really. Careful. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Don't say. Do you find yourself, um, um, like you said, is it is it more on kind of the pop side of things uh, that you're that you're working at the moment, or is there a lot of instrumentation and and what sort of yeah, what sort of is the majority of the, the, the work? Yeah, you know what? I think I'm quite lucky in that, I mean, obviously it's sort of pop-ish, but I get sort of things that are quite folky, I get things that Some are quite jazzy. stuff, yeah. Yeah, I, I recently nice. mixed a, a bunch of tracks for a guy called uh, Silver Hours, and, and that's kind of quite Radiohead and low. Okay, yeah. Um, which is, I just adored that. That was great fun yeah, to work nice. on. It sounded amazing. Nice. So um, I'm quite fortunate because, you know, it's quite easy, I think, to be, to be put in a put in a box and be the guy that does yeah. this one thing, yeah. and I understand how commercially that makes a lot of sense um, from a mixer or producer's point of view. Yeah. And like yeah. if if you're that guy, then people can go to you for that thing, and they know what they get, and that's all quite straightforward. Um, but I love the fact. I mean, <laughs> it's probably you know a terrible commercial decision, but I love the fact that that's not me, and that I get you know a huge range of of things. Of different stuff, yeah, so yeah, 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 it's quite quite exciting. It is mostly mixing. That's that's mostly what I get, which which is cool because I enjoy that. That's that's really good. And and then obviously the the mix consultancy always ticks along for me. That's always um, there's there's a permanent kind of stream of stuff coming in there, yeah, which awesome. is which is always really nice to be to be working with all those the different variety of people that I get on the mix consultancy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah exactly nice yeah. nice um i think that's a really nice place for us to leave it actually dom that was um cool. it's, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you today and uh and thanks again so much for your time yeah thanks for having me it's been, it's been great fun. and uh yeah all the best with everything you've got going on at the moment it sounds like there's uh like i say lots to keep you keep you busy um which is good now we're you know coming out of uh coming out of the, the the back end of the pandemic which is which is great and it's yeah, yeah it's great to yeah, hear that, you know, that, that things are picking yeah. up so um yeah, yeah great stuff yeah cheers take Good care to speak to you. cheers headliner radio supporting the creative community